Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are talking about Return of Condor Heroes, the 2006 series, episodes 25 through 27. So we're starting to get kind of close to the to the to the the end here. Um, you know, or at least getting we're towards the end of the of the story. At least we're start, we're moving. We're, we've I think we've passed the center, and now we're uh, yeah. we're, we're we're moving along. Um, in these episodes, we're going to talk in depth about the individual elements, but the, the broad overview of what happened in, in these episodes is, uh, Zhao Longnu leaves and, uh, goes after, uh, Ji Bing and Ji Jing when she overhears them talking about the details of her rape and she finally learns what happens. Um, and Yang Guo loses his arm to Guo Fu. She chops off his arm. This is a very big plot point, which we will explore in depth, I'm sure. Uh, there's also a situation that arises where Li Mochu and Huang Rong fight over uh, over uh, uh, the baby, and they end up at the end of it teaming up because uh, Li Mochu sort of sort of proves that she's not as terrible a person as Huang <laughs> Rong thought by the end, and so they end up uh, uh, when the baby gets lost again, uh, teaming up to find it, and. Uh, 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 Yangua trains with the Divine Condor uh, after he loses his arm. He inherits this giant sword from Master Dugu, which he trains in. And then when he's completed his training, he, he goes off to get his revenge. And at the end of this series of episodes, the uh, you know there's a there's a sequence that uh, occurs at Tuanzhen Sect, and the Mongols arrive and issue an edict where they're trying to form an arrangement where Tuanzhen is favorable to the Mongols because the Mongols have their territory or, or sort of occupying the territory that Tuanzhen sect is inside of. And it's uh, it, it ends with some infighting at the sect, which serves as a cliffhanger. Um, so I don't know, before we get into the details, Adam, what, what how'd you feel about the story at this point? Oh, I, I really kicked up dramatically. I mean, uh, Yang Gao getting his arm cut off was not a uh, thing I expected to happen in that scene. That uh, that was pretty amazing. And uh, I, it was interesting because you've, you've got the drama going on with that. That that creates not just drama for for Yang Gao, but also for for uh, you know Fu and for her parents. You know, her parents end up fighting over the whole thing. So that was. The huge dramatic side of the story and then on the other side you've got uh you know Zalbatong doing his his wacky flag stealing stuff which also ties into uh the mongolians plotting to to, to win win kwanzang sect and get control of it uh yeah i i there's just these are just very satisfying episodes i, I thoroughly enjoyed these yeah, I think I, yeah, I, I want to talk about the arm, but before we get there, I wanted to get your take on when when Yango awakens after he's sucked the venom from the the Wu brothers, and there's yeah. that sage from India who's healing him, uh, and he and he and he says that the 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 poisons are holding each other in check, and that's why <laughs> Yango hasn't died because he was because his time is up at this point, right? He's like past the due date on the uh, on, on the on the passion flower uh, poison. And, yeah. and so it, it's, I don't know, you know, my, my mind immediately went to the Simpsons where Mr. Burns yes, had every disease. Exactly. <laughs> that, I, my, my, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dr. Nick, I think. Yeah. It's like, doc, yeah, Mr. Burns has so many things wrong with him that they all just can't get through the door. <laughs> but it was a very funny sort of 
solution. I mean, he's still in the crisis. He's still poisoned. It's just that he's not. As long as he doesn't think about Zhao Long Nu, it seems like he'll be okay. And a very important plot point does emerge, which is the sage and Wu Zantong decide to go and get the. Uh, uh, to go look at the passion flower firsthand because the sage says uh, the venom and the antidote usually exist close together. So, mm -hmm. you know, so like they, so he wants to go and find where, you know, he thinks that he can find the antidote if he goes there. And before they leave, Wu Zentong congratulates Guo Fu on the upcoming yes. marriage and says that he'll be, he'll be there. Uh, he'll be back before it happens. And, and this is what sort of catapults the, the, the the arm chopping scene where Guofu is number one she's angry because the Wu brothers are now treating her differently and she they, mm -hmm. they've always paid attention to her and now they're suddenly not and and number two uh, everybody's talking about her marriage to to Yangor but apparently it's a joke and so you know she's she's very she's very upset about the effect that it's going to have on her reputation and I think it's probably clear to you at this point but. I don't know if it's crystal clear yet, but I think that the thing that's really motivating it is that deep down she is in love with Yangua and the fact that he would play a game with with the marriage is what really motivates her to uh to chop off his arm. Yeah, when she first hears the news from uh the Wu brother's father, it seems like for a second she is kind of like <laughs> in, intrigued by the possibility this is true, so I can see her uh being very upset when it turns out it is a joke, but and being the reason that we brought it's like it's a double slap there. But uh, I, I wouldn't say it's worth uh, worth cutting his arm off. But I I, I, I I get why she's upset. No, and I and I feel like I feel like at least I mean, and again, and she's not she's probably one of the most unlikable characters in the story. Like you, if you mm -hmm. if you go back and listen to me and Kenny talking about the the chapters, I think we complain more about more about Guofu yeah. than anybody else. But the thing that that I like about the you know, the sort of hidden motive is that at least at least it makes sense that she chopped off his arm. Whereas if it was purely about the Wu brothers or purely about him. That would be about, really petty. Yeah. That would be um, really, really petty. And, and in the book the way it's described and it comes much later, it comes towards the an upcoming scene in Passionless Valley. But they they basically say it's like it's it's so deeply buried that she can't even like like she's not even conscious of it pretty much like she like like she occasionally has flickers of understanding how she really feels towards Angoa and then it becomes like a like an aggressive violent impulse so so I I, I think I don't know it's just it's it's interesting because I, I don't know if they explicitly state it in this show I don't think they do but the character kind of has that additional layer of depth when you read the story um, yeah. And so, but the arm cutting scene, that is number one, uh, the first time I saw it, I had no idea that he was, that he even lost an arm in the story. And so, yeah, me so either. it so. was horrifying. <laughs> it was because, because again, this is what episode 25. So you've been watching yeah. 25 episodes of a show of a character who's become so awesome at this point. His powers are astounding. He's, he's, he's really sort of reaching a, the what seems like the apex of his abilities and then his arm gets chopped off and yeah. and 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 i was so, i was so horror stricken when it first happened when he ends up with the divine condor in the next series of scenes and the divine condor is giving him the snake gallbladder i remember thinking to myself ah 
the gallbladder is going to make his arm grow back. Like he's, I was hoping. Yeah, I was hoping. I was. I wasn't. I wasn't sure, but I was really hoping. But uh, I. I don't no. think I've ever felt that much angst over something that happened to a character. Because and and the reason why I've seen much worse things happen to characters. But the reason why this one produced so much angst in me is he stays his hand for so long in the story before he pulls the trigger on this. It's a it's a development that comes so yeah. late in the story that you you you've already invested all of your energy into into Yangor and you and you understand Yangor as a character who doesn't have a missing arm. Do you know what I mean he's, he's a, <laughs> he, and so to suddenly throw that in there it's really shocking. Um and uh, and I think it makes the character a lot more interesting because I think there's something about having a character lose the arm. And, and granted, he overcomes the hurdle pretty quickly, but but he still has to train. Like there is a period of time where he's training with the Condor, and he uh, he's he, he you know he has to overcome the obstacle. Um, yeah, once once I got over my horror, it's like it's, it's the episode these episodes wore on. It's like wow, now you know it's like because you have all these these great masters who are these highly eccentric strange characters in the in this world and it's like now now he's the one-armed guy with the huge crazy sword it's like now he's he's truly achieved his iconic status as this <laughs> you know, not being just like the hero character now he's got this this kind of weird baggage to him as a hero so it's like he's he has like graduated to another level now <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, I, I I and again, this is where the one-armed swordsman comes from. This is uh, you know, the that that story is is definitely inspired by by these developments. I mean, even even down to how the the daughter at the school behaves is very very reminiscent of Guafu. Do you know what I mean? It's a mm -hmm. um so uh so so yeah, it's it's you know, again, if anybody's seen the one-armed swordsman, you definitely want to see Return of Condor Heroes. And also, I think I think there's kind of a, an Empire Strikes Back like feel to what's going on here. You know, there's that that yeah. that that I mean, you know, you, you just can't help but think of those kinds of those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, so uh, so then we have the um, uh, the 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 return of Jubatong, where he's got the he's got the flag of, of uh, from the Mongol camp. And uh, I don't know, Jubatong's always kind of a favorite. So, what are your feelings on on Jubatong's return? And in particular, what are your feelings on his uh, the scene where he and Jialong Nu are sort of stuck in that cave together with the the rainbow snow spiders? And uh, you know, you get you get like a a lot of development there. I yeah, I enjoyed that scene a lot, and the whole the whole element of him teaching her how to you know fight with separately with each hand it was it was great because on the one hand they've kind of set this thing up of these two styles that need to be used in combination they set that up way way back in the story and having a solution being that Zhao Batong is a guy who when he was bored on on the you know on a uh, peach blossom island would spend his time fighting with each hand like they were action figures it's like it's such a zao batong thing to do that i'm like all this coming together in this one scene i'm like oh this is this is really good setup storytelling here it was very satisfying that all to fall into place well, what i like about it too is he has the thing where he says you know this is a really difficult technique um, and not everybody can master it. Huang Rong was brilliant, and she couldn't master yeah. it. And and Guo Jing, 
I think he I think he compares him to a tree stump or a block of wood. <laughs> you know, he's able to master it really quickly. And so he says, But I don't think you can master it because you know, you're not like Gua Jing. And she ends up she ends up mastering it pretty easily. And I think the thing that there's there's a commonality between her, Jubatong, and Gua Jing and that they're they all kind of are they're they're just different. Do you know what I mean? They're not like they're very simple characters, yeah. really. But there's not a lot of. I mean, they're not. I'm not saying they're dumb or they're not interesting. But yeah, there is just a simplicity to each of those characters that makes perfect, perfect sense for them being able to master that. And and I think in the book, I can't remember exactly, but I think he says something like the reason that she must be able to master this is because uh, she's been her whole style revolves around controlling emotions and things like that. So she, her mind mm-hmm. isn't racing. And the thing that made Huang Rong have difficulty is that her mind is all over the place. She's <laughs> yeah. thinking so many different things. And I don't think they mentioned it in the scene, but in the book they get into that. And and what I like about it is there's kind of this theme in both this book and in the previous book that being like value is not derived from intellect necessarily. And yeah. you you see that in in in, in Guo Jing. You know, he's he's not a smart guy but he's one of the most important characters in the novel. And one of the smartest characters in the novel ends up falling in love with him. And I think that's, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's kind of nice. I I like that because it's very tempting to have your hero be smart. It's not, I don't think it's easy to write a dumb hero. Do you know what I mean? And make him and make him compelling and interesting and somebody that people would want to be. And, and that's kind of what they do here. You know, and it's, I, I just think that's, that's like really good. Uh, writing really good characterization, um, but also this is where Xiaolong knew she learns. Oh, I can combine Chuan Zen and Jade Maiden style by wielding yes. a sword in each. That's exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant. I was just like, yeah, it just it it it, it just felt it, it it just felt like things that have been been floating around the background just all coming together in this this one moment, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I I very much enjoyed that scene, and uh, and it also matched the scene with Bimocho and Yangua. Do you know what I mean? It was remember they were in a cave being yeah. hounded by Jin Loon, and, yeah, and there was poison involved, but in this case it was Limocho's poison needles, and and in this one it's Yao Long Nu and Chu Patong, and there's poison, but it's Jin Loon's rainbow snow spiders, which are really horrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I have a feeling this is where the web of death idea might have come from. Um, okay. But, uh, okay. But I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. Web, but... web of death did have some very, very heavy influences from Condor Heroes. Like the whole, the whole thing of the the heroine in that shows up as a disguised as a beggar, and then she shows up on a boat later by the water, like in her, you know, with with her with her real self and stuff. I'm yeah. like, it's just a straight. Straight out of like Legend of Condor well, Heroes. You know what so. it is? It's it's a combination of all three. I think they blended like a lot of different elements from the whole trilogy because the bulk of that story is mm-hmm. is the Heaven Sword Dragon Saber uh, plot. Okay, line. which um, I don't know anything about. Which so. you'll which you'll love, I'm sure. But it's we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get to that eventually because Heaven Sword <laughs> we will, Dragon we Saber will. is uh, that's the one with Wuji, and it, it's a very special story. But it's very different from Legend and Return. It's kind of um, I, we we can get into it later because we'll we'll get we'll get distracted. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get there. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's a great scene, and also it's uh, it really ups Jin Loon as a villain because he's got. I mean, these spiders are truly horrifying. 
And and the fact that they're rainbow colored makes them even worse somehow. Like the fact that they're, they're so, <laughs> I I don't think I've ever imagined a spider that looked like that. So it was, uh, you know, in rainbow snow spider especially. I don't, you know, I'm from uh, a northern climate. We don't we don't really think of, you know, the only spiders we worry about are black widows. So to, uh, it, it's unnerving to have a a, a venomous uh, spider that resides in a snowy climate to me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, and also at this point, um, uh, Ji Bing and uh, Ji Jing have paired up with, with Jin Lun and are traveling with him for protection. And, and this is, uh, I think, mainly Ji Jing's doing. Um, they, they've been, they've been, th there's this ongoing thing where Zhao Long Nu is trailing them on a, on a horse. Yeah. And, and she's just basically stalking them. Like she's very slowly just kind of going after them because she, she overheard Xi uh, Bing confess to uh, putting the blindfold on her and all that. And now she wants revenge. And in the book... Yeah, she gets very close to them, like the point where, they, where, where they're in, you know, eating something inside. She's just standing outside. It's like it's not, it's not like she's literally chasing them like she's trying to catch them. She is just, like you say, she's just stalking. She's stalking. <laughs> it's real, in the book, it's really unnerving the way she does it. Cause she's just like very... She's almost like a slasher movie villain, the way that yeah. she's handled. And, uh, and, and I think here they kind of get it too. Where again, she she's just kind of like staring at them, and it's like this is like you know like what she's she's not pulling the trigger on it at all. Um, and so then when they find Jin Loon, they use him to, for protection, and he kind of uses that to help develop uh, Ji Jing as a as sort of an ace up his sleeve to get Tuan Zen sect to 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 ally with the Mongols. And I mean, it's all very it's very interesting how all these complicated threads all really come together. It, it, it's a complete whole. Do you know what I mean? But there's like yeah. so many, you could get so lost just following the individual strands of the thread. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so they eventually do go back to Tuan's insect and the scenes that, you know, later that, which we'll talk about where, uh, you know, they, 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 the Mongols are trying to strike up this alliance, but there's a whole extended sequence with Jubatong and all that. And eventually, uh, Jubatong gets poisoned by the spider and it turns out that, uh, the jade bee honey is the cure, or the jade bee poison is the cure for the yeah. for, for the for the for the spider. You have more poison fighting poison, and not even <laughs> Jin Loon knows that. Not even Jin Loon knows what the antidote is. He's got these poisonous spiders, and he has no idea how to cure the venom. Which, by the way, that's a real like. Normally, you don't encounter that. Normally, most of these bad guys that have poisons have an antidote on their on their person. And so that says something about how confident he is about his own abilities that he doesn't think he's going to get bit by these spiders. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. But uh, yeah, it also says too, I mean, most of the people that use the poisons often use them as a negotiating tool in these stories too. Where they're like, okay, I poisoned you, you know, if you want the antidote, you know, <laughs> there's, there's often like something, something like that going on where something can be negotiated. But if you don't, don't have an antidote, yeah, you're just dead. Sorry, you're going to die. Nope, not even I can help you. <laughs> and uh and so then we get the uh we get the scene where Yangor goes and he finds master dugu's swords after the condor has helped nurse him back to health and this yeah. is a pretty this is like i mean the closest thing i can compare it to in a um in, a, in like a western movie is like dagobah it's that kind of a sequence um, yeah and in the book it's yeah. a it feels a bit longer but here i think they did a good job of establishing that it's like a it's it's a pretty solid you know uh series of events where he he, the first he gets nursed back to health by the condor. 
then the condor sort of urges him to go outside and he finds uh, the 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 cliffside cave where the master has left his three swords and the first one is swift and fierce able to cut through anything during my teenage years i competed with it against heroes north of the yellow river and you know then the next sword is purple rose flexible sword used before age 30 accidentally injured a righteous man and it became unlucky so he abandoned it and then yeah. the final one is this giant so in, in the book i think it's described a little differently but it's giant and it's got blunt edges and it says superiority in simplicity before the age of 40 it was used to roam the world and then we find out that after 40 he didn't even use a sword after 40 he no longer needed a weapon grass wood bamboo or stones they could all be used as swords it's it's really i mean this is really fun genre material um, yeah but uh but but it's also super cool and also dugu is a character he appears i think in smiling proud wanderer as well but again it's uh he's off camera you never actually meet dugu he's just this figure who sort of looms and has this presence and uh i i don't know the sword it, you know it's this I, I cannot explain in the show how giant it is it is <laughs> it's an enormous sword it, yeah it's like a it's it's like you know kind of a final fantasy kind of weapon thing that is going on there yeah, it's really yeah. big it's and when they say simplicity in in uh superiority and simplicity i think what they mean is if you have a sword that heavy and that blunt you you do not waste motions with that kind of weapon you're not you're not yeah. doing all these little tiny movements with the sword you make every stroke count and so i think that's the idea behind the the, the style that he's learning and it also makes sense for a one-armed guy to use a sword like that that like you know he 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 really can't afford the mistakes that somebody who has two arms can because they might be able to parry with their other hand for example he won't be yeah. able to do that so uh so it's it's an interesting sword to give him and then the and then the condor who's gigantic is it's a, a gigantic condor by the way uh trains him in the river it throws him off of a waterfall and then he has to like he, he basically is doing this thing where he's he's fighting the current with the sword and he's developing his ability to wield the sword and then he starts sparring with the condor and 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 we can see this condor in the book it's more clear but i think it's pretty clear here the condor wasn't just Dugu's companion it was also kind of like a sparring partner and uh it's it gets right up on the edge of it's not quite fantasy but it's pretty darn close it's to fantasy pretty yeah. fantastical yeah. yeah without a doubt i, but, I would uh, say preternatural it's it's uh it's <laughs> a... <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a it's as as magical as the uh as the story has gotten for sure well, what I think is, I think the divine condor is just this unique animal. It's just this unique condor that happens to exist. It's not that these things populate the universe, but every once no, in a no. while, an exceptional animal arises from the rank of animals, and this is one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the impression I got. But there will be more animals down the road, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so... So yeah, so so anyways, I don't know. Did you? What was your feeling on? And any any in the end, he 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 sort of masters the training, and he and he very he stands up on a rock, and he and he and he explains to the condor like it's been great, like and you're my friend. You know, I have to go get revenge now because Guafu cut off my arm. You know, but like you know, this is like been you know this has like been a great experience being you know being, being <laughs> with you, brother Condor. Uh, what what was your what was your feeling on the whole thing? Yeah, I, uh, I I like the whole thing with the swords, with each sword having its little story. That was that was nice. I mean, it's like you know, instead of because I obviously could have had the scene with him finding the sword, but it's like no, you get this whole 
little biography of the different swords he used over his lifetime. It gave the whole thing a, a little a little depth. And I like I like like you I like the uh, moving beyond swords thing because it showed that like this isn't the you know this sword is a really badass sword but even this isn't the ultimate weapon the ultimate weapon is not needing a weapon so it's like showing that it's showing that yeah you you know yeah you know you know it's like you know he's 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 Yang Guo's reached this cool stage but it's like you're not at the top yet there's you're not you're not close to the top yet this is just the level you're at yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we do see and, him get to that higher level. You know, it's, a, it's really cool watching this character develop, like on the blueprint of this Dugu master guy. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. The, you know, that he, he tells the Condor, the Condor is the only one that's been truly nice to him, aside from his godfather and Shaolin uh, Nu. And I think I felt, I felt like... He, you should have should have given a shout out to Granny Son. I mean, come on. She, you know, like, you forgotten about her. That's that's <laughs> a good point. That's a very good point. She has been kind of forgotten about, and her sacrifice was probably the thing that really helped him get to where he is. Because um, that yeah. was what got Jalong Nudi even take him on as a student. Um, so you know, no, 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 Granny Son, no Jalong Nu for you. You know, like that's a yeah. Um, that, that that was key. She uh she made a big sad. She she cared about him. But oh well, oh well, kids. But then uh he he goes to uh, settle things with Gofu after that, and he, yeah. he arrives in Jiang and he um he uh uh or sorry Zhang Yang and he uh he overhears uh, Huang Rong and Guo Jing talking about you know uh, the, the event that has happened, and 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 also they're sort of pondering. Guafu's claims because Guafu's story is oh he took my because when she cut off his arm she accused him of taking the baby and using it to get the antidote for the poison and so yeah. so Huang Rong mentions that and, and Guo Jing is like no 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 Yang Guo wouldn't do that um, and so like you know he's he's pretty much deflecting any 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 uh, angles that Guafu was taking and and uh, and then there's also a whole thing where he says look like I can't really think about my children right now because I'm trying to protect this huh. city from the Mongols and and uh, uh, and uh, unfortunately she uh, uh, Huang Rong let slip that Guafu has returned because she 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 secreted her out of the city for uh, out of his out of out of his viewpoint for a while and yeah. he thought that she wasn't around and he immediately goes to her and he tries to cut off her arm. Um, it doesn't, he doesn't just rush up and try to cut off her arm. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a conversation where he, he, he says, you know, like, look, I'm, I'm not angry at you. I'm just sad for you. And then he explains. Well, the, he, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on, go on. No, no, yeah. you were going to say something. No, I was just going to add, I thought, I thought you were skipping past something, but you might not be. So finish your, um, gonna... okay. If, if I, I might've missed something, but if I, if I do just bring, okay. Oh, I was going to say the, 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 uh, it was, it was notable that he gave, he talked so much about, you know, what they owe the family and so on and uh and you know and he brings up that Huang Rong didn't kill his father but she was responsible for oh it. yeah no that's so. true and that happened at the scene when he's talking with Huang Rong right that was the no no that was when he was talking to Guafu he was telling okay. Guafu that he said okay. I've never told you this before but <laughs> you know that's it's part of what we owe this family oh, yeah. so anyway he was basically telling Guafu why she should feel really bad about what she did and, uh, <laughs> and of course yeah and of course and of course uh you know uh yang is listening in on this scene too no, and, so that's, and the look on his face is very ambiguous we don't know what he's thinking we know he's we yeah know he's thinking but we don't know what he's thinking 
And uh, yeah, and yeah. So he says, "I'm not angry. I'm only sad for you." And then he explains like that the the history that their family has with his family, and and then what you said happens. He you know he he, he so he basically acknowledges that that how Yang Kong died, and he says that you know, but but he also says like, look, like you know. Uh, I felt responsible because I was supposed to get him to turn over a new leaf mm-hmm. as the senior brother, and and he didn't. And so I was trying. You know, I hope to marry you off uh, to him as in a way because I was felt guilty. And 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 uh, and and then you know and, and and obviously he died because of you know she didn't she wasn't directly responsible, but he did die because of Huang Rong because he he touched. I, I don't know. Did he spe- specify how, or did he just say that? It, just, no, he did not specify how. Okay. He just said that she was something like she was responsible, or he died because of Huang Rong, is what he said. And so, so yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's it. Yep, that's how it was phrased. And then he uh, he says our our family owns owes the Yang family too much. And then uh, you know, and then she starts saying, oh, but then he was like a bully to me, and he was doing this. And he was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you chopped off his arm, and now you're trying to t- say that he's a bully. Like you know, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow this. And then he says, where's the sword that you cut off his arm with? And he goes and he grabs the sword and then he and then he sort of like is just looking at it. And he and very chillingly, he says, a person must have a clear conscience in whatever he does. And if somebody yeah. says that while they're holding a sword, you don't want to be in the room. Uh, and he's and then he says, I love, you know, then he like assures her, I love you very much. And, uh, you know, but I will never cover up for my daughter. And he's like, you, know, he's like, you cut off one of Yangoa's arms, so I have to cut off one of your arms. And he tries to cut off her arm. He doesn't just think about it. He tries to, and Huang Rong steps in and blocks the attack. And then she she ends up paralyzing him, putting him into bed, and taking his medallion. And then she's like, you know, I'll come back to apologize later. I'm going to get her out of the city. And and she yeah. she gets and she never actually comes back if I recall. Well, I, I think I think the time I think the sense of timing is just very delayed. I think she will come back, but uh, oh I, yeah, yeah I, I just meant that when she says it, it sounds like I'll be back in about an hour to unparalyze you. But it's like no, no, no. Well, it's one of these <laughs> things where one thing leads to another. So she takes of course she takes Guafu to the to the neighboring town. Yangor follows them, and while she's there, she goes to get some food. And behind her, she hears Lee Mocho talking with a baby <laughs> and she turns yeah. around. And so she she starts uh, following Lee Mocho. And what and then she but the thing that's interesting about this is she doesn't say, hey, give me back my baby. She says, oh, whose baby is that? You know, and yeah. and, and and Lee Mocho is like, oh, and, and there's a whole exchange where she's like, oh, you're Huang Rong. I'm very happy to meet you. You know, you're a very reputable martial hero. I, you know, there's like a polite exchange. And then she's like, "This is a great shame of my sect. This is the illegitimate daughter of uh, of of Zhao Long Nu, and the father is her own disciple, Yango. And in the book, she's even like the disgust is just even more apparent. The way you know, but uh, but I I don't know. I just I just like I really like this, and I've said this repeatedly, but I like this aspect of Li Mocho where she's just so she's so hung up on 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 all of these issues surrounding the propriety." of Zhao Longnu's relationship with Yangor, but she's going around murdering people all the time. And... Well, 
What, what struck me as funny is it's like she supposedly she's concerned about the reputation of the sex, but there's no evidence that this is Zhao Long News baby. She's been told by everyone that it's not Zhao Long New Babies. It's a fact she invented herself, but she's so hung up on this imaginary fact she invented that she's now telling other people of this great shame to her sex that she's completely <laughs> invented. No, it's like it's just I will insane. Say, she has very good evidence. She Zhao Longnu was carrying the baby when she first saw it. So it was a natural assumption that Zhao Longnu was the mother. But number two, she, you know, Yangor did say that he that that, uh, that he was willing to die for for Zhao Longnu. And she was present during that uh, during that whole scene where uh, so. So, the, you know, the, it's she, a little, little circumstantial to me. But, but you can see how a brain, like Lee Mocho's brain would put those two things. Oh, together. yeah. I know. Yeah. I see why how Lee Mocho would yeah. say it. But that, that's my point, though. It's mm -hmm. like that the fact that that is just. My, my point is Lee Mocho's brain is very strange, is my point. Well, she is. And, and we even get a good. Like, we know. Like, it's interesting because Louis Cha has this habit of. I mean, you see it explicitly when he talks about like how people look like this person's more attractive than this person but even uh -huh. with things like intellect you get a sense of charting going on with the characters and and you see it here where lee mocho is like look i'm not as smart as you huang rong like she just you know yeah. and, and and you and you start to realize oh yeah lee mocho she's she's she isn't like she's not like you know she's not um She's not like Gua Jing, but she's not the brightest character in the book. She no. easily misunderstands yeah. things, and, yeah. um, and so uh, I brought up in the cave scene, like previously, where you know it's like <laughs> where where uh, Yang Gua was like, oh, you know, it's like, hey, I found an escape route where he's trying to trick the others. She's like, where, where? Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like, no, that was no. <laughs> but but she's such a powerful character and so ferocious. You don't even yeah. notice it about her until those few, you know, it sort of slips in. Um, yeah. But, uh, but so then there's a, there's this whole battle over the baby that they have because uh, Huang Rong asks to see the baby and Lee Mocho is about to give it to her. And then she's, she leaps back and says, oh no, you just want to give it to Yango, don't you? And, uh, and so they have a, they have a big battle there. There's a whole thing where uh, uh, Huang Rong places the baby in like a, in like an area that she's kind of protected with those little diagrams and made out of vines and stuff so that no animals yeah. can get to it. And they fight and Huang Rong wins and Huang Rong, uh, she wins very cleverly. She puts an apple under her gown and she lets Lee Mocho's attack hit the apple. And then when Lee Mocho goes to pu to push the needles in further, they stick into Lee Mocho's hand and she gets poisoned by her own needle. And so by doing that, she's number one, able to get the antidote for the poison. Uh, but number two, she's able to 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 uh, to, to defeat her, and and when she yeah. oh go ahead, you were gonna say something. I was gonna say I, I was gonna say I I was surprised that that, that uh, Huang Rong did win that little encounter with the darts because I I thought the irony was going to be we just had in a previous scene her giving away her protective vest mm. <laughs> to to uh, Guo Fu, and I was like oh no is it gonna be she just gave her vest away and now here's when she really needed it but. Uh, uh so yeah i was like Whew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean she's not out of the woods yet but yeah that's uh you know it's, well yeah um, no ever out of the woods but but in, but in, in this scene anyways um and so she she gives lee mocho a choice she says look you know you were the baby she basically yeah this is a choice that we've seen before it happened with the master of peach floss not peach floss the, the master of passionless valley uh with him and his uh uh 
what what was his uh his lover's name? Um, Rua or uh, something? I can't remember I, her name, but the but but his, but his uh the woman he was having an affair with with the uh, um, yeah I can't recall her name, but I, I recall um, the character. But but he was given that same choice by his wife, and and so it's you know it's kind of interesting. And yeah, her name yeah. her name is Rua, and uh and so uh Lee Mocho says okay just save the baby you know and 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 huang rong is pretty impressed by this and says okay you're not as bad as i thought so i'm gonna i'm gonna and i'm gonna let you live and i'll just leave you here and she gives she throws the 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 pill into her mouth and then she goes to get the baby and it's missing and yango has taken it and so so this is this is when she and lee mocho kind of team up and go back and meet up with Huang uh with guafu and uh, I think the rest of the episode, they're they're sort of going at the uh, Wang Rong believes what's going on is Yang Guo is still he's proud, but he's not vindictive, and he's just taking the baby so that he can have like you know kind of get back at them and make them worry, but he's ultimately going to give it back to them. And and Guo Fu is like, no, he's a terrible person. He's going to do whatever he wants to the baby, and we like need to go kill you know. And and, uh, and so, but what what they've deduced is he's probably gone back to ancient tomb uh, to find Zhao Longnu, and so that's where they're heading and and i think in the next scene you we probably start to suspect they're correct because the next scene is at tuanzen sect where uh all the events with the mongols occurred that we were talking about um and and it's here that huodu shows up and presents an edict from the khan saying uh that he wants to form some kind of alliance with tuanzen sect he wants them to submit to them and wouldn't you know it all the masters are in seclusion because they were so concerned about the about yango and Zhao long news abilities that they they've gone in and tried to to perfect a technique that'll help them contend with them and uh and so so that leaves uh ji bing as the uh as the as the as the uh representative of the sect and unfortunately, that also means Xi Jing is one of the most influential people in the room when they discuss what they should be doing, uh, you know, because yeah. they ask for a moment to discuss it. And it ends with uh, with Xi Jing kicking a guy named Wang, who's like, look, anybody who says we should submit to this request is a villain. And he pretty much calls out Xi Jing. He's like, what are you like? Like, and, and it's interesting, the arguments they're making, because they're making Xi Jing is making these really sort of questionable arguments about, well, you know, in the past, we worked with the Mongols and they were like, yeah, but that's when the Mongols were helping huh. us fight the Jin. And now the Mongols are invading us. So, you know, and 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 so and Xi Jing just kind of continues down the path of like, well, if the you know you know if they if we if we worked with the Mongols, then why can't we work with them now? It doesn't make sense yeah. to go against the you know the the precedent that that, that existed. And... <laughs> yeah, it was not a good argument, but uh, apparently he's going to try and win the argument by punching people. So That's, yeah, it was very reminiscent of an internet flame war. It had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely no it was uh not yeah it's 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 interesting to see what's going to happen and you can't you can't really really count on g bing to make a good uh good decision he's not a uh not not a reliable character no 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 the the two of them are are very you know uh but xi jing is especially getting like like well, he's just a straight-up villain. Yeah, it's just Bing is just—it's like he's his villainy is 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 more pathetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Xi Bing is somebody you just want him to kind of die and get it over with. 
and he kind of yeah. wants it too. And yeah. Xi Jing, you want him to die and get it over with, but he absolutely does not want to die. He wants to go on and continue with his villainy. And he's very, he doesn't seem at all conflicted about it. Um, you know, and, and so it, it, he keeps upping the, the scale as the story goes on. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's, that's where the episode ended. Did, did I leave out anything in our discussion? I think we, uh, we got through all the big points. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, we didn't talk much. Well, we did talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I have to say, yeah, one thing I, one thing I enjoyed was the, uh, the scene of the, the flag stealing scene where, you know, it's like, oh, look, it's the, uh, it's the flag, you know, and they're all excited about it. And it's like, I like the way they shot that because it's like, you know, you don't see Zhao Batong at first. You see the flag and you see it's on a donkey. Yeah. And it's just this weird angle. And it's just like, I'm like, wait, something. No, this isn't right. Before before you even see that it's been stolen. I, I like the I like the uncertainty they created with that with that shot. That was very well done. I really like his beard in this scene, too. Like, I don't know. It wasn't as visible to me before, but now he's it's almost got like a golden retriever like glow to it. His beard. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a really nice mane. It just really fits the character. Um, yeah, it does. And and yeah, but yeah, that flag the flag scene is was great. The flag scene's a really fun scene. And that's what leads to the spider cave. That's where the flag is hidden. And that's yeah. how he ends up getting poisoned by the spiders. Um Jin Moon is being very very deceptive throughout this whole this whole thing. Um yeah, he is. I, I like I like Zhao Batang uh almost thwarting their plot when uh when Jijing uh, comes along and is, is like, oh, I know where the flag is. Like, don't tell me. You're going to ruin the game. It's like, oh, no, that's I got to find it on my own. And, uh... <laughs> and there was a scene with the gunpowder where he tells you, know, there's gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, it. Uh, I, I like the way this story kind of balances things out. We just had a lot of heavy drama going on. And this is just a nice, nice, nice different tone to add to the story. Yeah, no, and I mean, and it definitely, I, I feel like it's, um, I don't know, I, I, w- I was curious how, how you were going to react when the arm chopping scene came, because that was very, uh, you know, it's, it's a very big transition in the story, but, um. It, it is, yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, Guo Fu's been a, uh, she, she's never been a positive character in the story, but she's been kind of more of a, yeah, an annoyance, you know, as far as. Her behavior up till this point yeah her, ca- her capacity to do harm is really becoming clear uh at this point in the story and i yeah. think it's also becoming more clear again like we were saying last time she's she's obviously inherited like the 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 least pleasant qualities of both of her parents and none yeah. of their good qualities it seems um and uh and it seems to be purely a product of the fact that she was kind of spoiled and not not uh you know, you know, even to the point that like Huang Rong is still kind of spoiling her. Like she can't really stop with the spoiling. Now, granted, yeah. preventing her arm from getting cut off—that's a pretty reasonable oh, thing. To, that was reasonable, yeah. but it's it's more, you know, when she's talking to uh, to to uh, uh, to Guo Jing before that scene, you know, and she's going, "Well, she's she's learned her lesson. She feels bad about it." And anytime you see anyone talk to her, she's like, "He was bullying me. It was his fault." It's like she's. She's learned nothing. She learned, you know, I mean, she, <laughs> there's no indication that she's got any, you know, I mean, she, she's upset that she cut off his arms. It's created problems, but there, she doesn't, she's not willing to accept that she did this horrible thing to him. It's his yeah. fault. 
No, she 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 is one of these characters that will not accept blame for anything. She like getting her to admit to a wrong is mm-hmm. an impossibility. It seems. Um, yeah. You know, and I think we've all known people like that. <laughs> um, oh so, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's 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 that kind of thing. Um, and uh, but again, I I still like that. Uh, you know. She she she's she's one of the least likely uh, likable characters, but you 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 know just by the fact that she's present through the whole book, and and you, <laughs> you get to see some flickers of positive qualities in her, uh, you 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 you, I, you end up having very conflicting feelings about Guofu by the end of the story, I think, um, mm-hmm. and it's not ever neatly sort of you know like oh she's finally reformed. It's never quite hits that. It's it's still in like the the point she gets to is still very in keeping I think with the character, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. But this yeah, will, you know this will all be pretty interesting as we get towards the end. Um, the one thing I will say is I think this series does not handle the epilogue material as well as the books. Like there's 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 you, when we get to the end of the show, you might want to read like the last chapter of the book just because I feel like. They kind of. Okay. I could be wrong, but I remember them kind of snipping out, uh, or glossing over some of those details. Hopefully, I'll be wrong. Epilogues, epilogues are tough to do in a uh, a book or well, a show or a movie. I find generally. Well, it's, the okay. the reason it's important is Heaven Sword Dragon Saber makes a lot more sense if you get yeah. the epilogue material. So that's why it's. Uh... Oh yeah, well, I definitely want to move on to that. So yeah, I mean, if 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 nothing else, I will read the epilogue to the book. But uh, but yeah, so why don't we uh, why don't we call it here because we've been going for forty five minutes, and we'll be back on this Friday uh, with Ashes of Time, which I'm curious what people are going to have to say about this movie. It's a very unusual film, and so I don't know what the opinions are going to be in the room. Uh, but I imagine that we'll have a wide variety of them. <laughs> and, uh, and and so and so yeah, and so we'll be back on uh, you know with other things in the coming weeks as well. And until then, we will talk to everyone later. Bye.